0: Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit authenticweb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Use his video marketing knowledge red button, right? and use his friends. Please be on the show to change that. You are listening to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. <laughs> what? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so. Your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another garlic marketing show. I brought a special guest because this is one of the biggest issues I see, and it's where to find good beer in Arizona. No. <laughs> <laughs> You
1: know, it's not that hard if
0: you know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Our guest today, Susan Bear, has 30 years of uh, working with some of the biggest organizations and small businesses, masters in entrepreneurship, but helps solve, I think, one of the biggest problems that people skip over is who is your exact audience? Who is the exact person you're talking to? Because there's too much noise for people to, to, to just start broadcasting and we see the broadcasting happen and then they wonder why our Facebook ads didn't work or this didn't work or this didn't work. It's because you're trying to talk to everyone or you're trying to talk to someone about the wrong thing.
1: Susan Baer, thank
0: you for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ian. It's awesome to be here.
0: Oh, it's awesome. I I heard you on Jason's show and you're solving a problem that, you know, a lot of agencies have in in a specific way. Can you tell me a little bit about how you've come through this evolution to start doing this?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, as you said, I mean, I've been a marketing strategist for a horrifying 30 years now, um, agency side and client side. And, you know, you have an agency. You've been in in, in that space. And, And one of the things that I always found really frustrating is organizations and agencies trying to do really good work, putting a lot of effort and using the tools at hand, but not hitting the mark largely because the client or their agency doesn't really know who the best audience is for that for that client for that company. And so <clears throat> you know, either the client comes in and says, "Oh, we already know," and so the agency's acting on that, or the agency is doing the best they can to kind of figure it out but isn't sure. It's kind of an educated guess. And and you know i don't think it needs to be that way and I, and i think that a lot of the the ways that organizations are trying to find out quite frankly is just not helpful it's not the right information you know if you're if you're in the dating pool i think we could all agree that like trying to find the perfect partner based on their age or income or weight or zip code isn't necessarily the best way to guarantee, right, a long-term relationship that's beneficial on both sides. There are more important things. But I think over the years, um, because demographic data is the easiest data to get, right, big is mm-hmm. out there and they know everything about us, that's the easiest thing for us to get. That's what companies have relied on to sort of, you know, stratify their... Their target audiences, if they're doing that at all, and it's just not helpful. It's not right, and small businesses are completely lost. Even the people who are marketing experts, you know, it's that's just hard to do. And then even if you go through the process, it doesn't really help you from a marketing standpoint. So, um, you know, finally, eight years ago, I was like, "To hell with this! I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start an organization that helps companies figure that out, and then hand that over to their marketing people, like their agencies, and let them do the work that they are great at doing."
0: Awesome. And so tell me a little bit about your process. So you have two sides of the business, correct?
1: Yep. Yep. Um, So Audience Audit is a research company. um, And what we're doing is custom quantitative segmentation research based on attitudinal insights about audiences. So not just what do they look like, what is their household income, what is their gender, but why are they – in the market for a solution to something and and what kinds of things are affecting their search and their consideration of various options and their final choice about a provider. Um, and that's true for consumers, that's true for people hiring vendors in, in organizations, you know, or whatever. So so we're doing quantitative research to mathematically look at what's going on in a particular audience so that their agency and the client can kind of see what the landscape looks like and decide where their best opportunity is, right? Where's the low-hanging fruit? Where are the audiences that are really going to love them for what they do well? And how can they maybe avoid wasting money on audiences that, quite frankly, are not a great fit for them or they're not the best solution for that audience or maybe a competitor that's better positioned um, to, to, to give that audience what they really want.
0: Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, you're talking about something that's so important but gets skipped over so often. But, it, it, you know, you re- I've been reading a lot of copywriting books lately just to brush up on it. And everyone says the same thing. You find out what someone wants, and you find out what they're hungry for, and you give them what they're hungry for.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know what? It's funny to me um, how many... You know, there's so many great articles and posts about how to use the myriad tools available to marketers now, right? Mm -hmm. Anything you can imagine social media, SEO, web, whatever, right? Great, great tips. There's so much you can learn just by reading. But it's amazing to me how many of those articles sort of go like, okay, step one, figure out your best audience. Step two, okay, now that you've done that, here's how you're going to use SEO. Here's how you're going to use Facebook advertising or whatever. And I read those articles and go, what the heck? I'm not past step one. Like, help. How does this? You know I mean? um, and, and unfortunately, I think, it, I think that's because it's hard to tell yeah. people how to do that and figure out how to do that. But it's a really, really important step because you will, you will fail to focus your resources on the stuff that could really make a difference and differentiate you or your client. And unfortunately, you'll waste time and resources on things that probably aren't going to deliver. So it's a double whammy if you don't get it right.
0: Yeah. And I think even a triple whammy because then you become so disheartened and you say this stuff doesn't work.
1: Well, and let's call it a quadruple whammy because if you're (laughs) the agency and your client says that, you get fired. Yep. You know, I mean, you could be a great agency doing great work, and if it doesn't hit the mark – you know, gone are the days, right, when we used to be able to say, oh, you can't really measure advertising. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because our have the same dashboards we have, you know, and they're looking at those results probably even sooner than we do. And if it's not working, they're going to see it. You can't hide it anymore. And that's when agencies get fired. despite Despite quality work, if the audience is off target. Um, it's not going to, it's, you know, it's not going to have the impact that you want.
0: And I, you know, one thing things I talk to people a lot about too, is not just the audience being on target, but understanding their buying situation because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, you know, the, the mom that you're trying to sell to is a different person throughout the day. And also once she enters into your a conversation with you, you have to, you have to push them along and how do you get to understand those situations using your techniques?
1: So, we ask a lot of questions about sort of why are you here? <laughs> why are you playing in this category? Why are you looking, right? And then how do decisions get made for you? Um and what are you looking for? So in a B2B study, we're specifically asking like who is making this choice? Who's involved with this decision? How do decisions get made in your organization? And sort of where are you in this process? Because you know, one of the things we've found is that it doesn't really matter if an organization's big or small or new or experienced or whatever um, if they feel really uncertain about the decision that they have to make and don't feel very confident about their, uh, about their knowledge in a particular category. Those folks are looking for an advisor, right? They're not just looking for a vendor. And then there are other folks who are like, dude, we know everything we need to know about this. We just need somebody to execute. You know, we're looking for it's really important that we have a high visibility, well-known brand, or it's really important that we work with somebody local, or it's really important that we work with a specialist or a generalist or whatever. So to your point, all of those things go into decision making. So I think it's really important as marketers that we think about sort of what are those attitudes swirling around a decision like this in the first place? And then where is the prospective buyer in the stage of making that decision, and how is that decision going to be carried out? And the more we understand what our folks are struggling with, the more we can help them make an educated decision that's going to be right for them, which is, that's our job, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our job is, I don't believe in selling snake oil, right? And, and our, our job is to, you know, connect people with companies that are going to make them happy. Yep. That's what marketing is, right? So the more we understand about those folks and how we can insert ourselves in that process as marketers to provide valuable information that will help them make the right choice for them, the better off we are. Everybody wins.
0: And I tell people, you know, it's, it's so simple, but we, we skip over it. We think advertising. But if you're there and you provide valuable information, people are going to come back to you. And they're going to come back to you and come back to you and eventually want to buy from you.
1: And tell everybody else about you. Yep. You know, I mean, that's how you build a great brand. Uh,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yep. You don't start with the logo. <laughs> right. Right.
1: You know, um, my friend Jay Baer is um, just such a smart guy. And, and, you know, he's one of those people that um, people always say, oh, you know, gosh, that seems really obvious in retrospect, but I didn't really think about it until Jay said it. And, and his book Utility was one of those things, right? Like, how can we be helpful we be helpful? In this process to people, and that is so important, and that builds such resonance with a brand and loyalty to a brand, um, and, you know, marketing, honestly, should be a process of just being as helpful as we can be, but in order to pull that off, you have to know more than somebody's zip code and their household income. That doesn't tell you anything about how you could be helpful. Exactly.
0: You have to know as much as possible about them. Yep. Um, so, tell me, in your own business, and growing your own business— where have you seen that? Have you skipped over these processes yourself? Because I, I, I know like I do, you know, we all talk about this and we help people and then we never do it for themselves.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think we all struggle with that. So, you know, the first thing when I when I first started this business, I was like, I'll, I've been in you know marketing for 20 some years. I, I can do all, all sorts of different things. I am must sell anything to anybody. Right, so I just threw all my stuff up on my website, and I was like, I can do this, and I've done that, and I, you know, know how to do this. And you know what happens when you do that? You get work that's like, ugh, I don't really. Yeah, I can do that, but I don't really want to do that. And I don't really want to do that for you. And you know, people have trouble figuring you out, right? I mean, I, they're probably, you know, within a five mile radius of my house, about twelve hundred marketing consultants. Um, (laughs) So it's hard to differentiate yourself if that's what you're saying, right? So what, you know, the first thing that I, I did was basically, you know, listen to my own advice and start to really focus my business on a particular audience, a particular problem that I wanted to solve and just talk only about that, despite all the other stuff I know how to do. You know, I tell people that your website is not your resume. It's, yep. it's a it's sales piece. And you need to focus all of your activity online and in social on the stuff you want to be selling. You know, it doesn't keep you from doing work that you can do if somebody calls you up and asks you, but for God's sake, don't put it on your homepage if that's not what you really want to be doing. So focus was huge for me and it grew my business tremendously. And that's kind of counterintuitive for people, I think, Mm -hmm. that focus makes such a huge difference. I know you've talked about that, you know, on your show before. But um, so that was step one, like, you know, wake up and stop sort of, you know, Spray and pray, right? <laughs> um, I've never heard that before, but that's so yeah, true. <laughs> so, so, so that was number one, and then the other thing, and and I continue to struggle with this. Honestly, it's still hard for me. Um, you know, there. I think there are three steps to putting something out in the world that's going to help your business, right? The first is coming up with what that thing is, like ideating, right, and uh, understanding your audience and thinking about what you could do to help them. And and I got that down. I can do that very well. I'm very comfortable in that space. Second step is actually like building whatever you need and shipping it to make that happen, right? So actually putting your course together, right? Or writing your book or building your email newsletter or any of those kinds of things that are going to need to happen to manifest that idea that you have. And I that's hard, too. Shipping's always hard. We all have sort of imposter syndrome or perfection syndrome or whatever and worry about sort of getting stuff out the door. But I can I can tackle that fairly well. The thing that gives me real trouble, and it's funny because I've been a, in marketing for so many years, is step three, which is telling people about your stuff, right? <laughs> it's the marketing part of it. Because you can have a great idea and have a great execution against it, and if And if you're not really building relationships with an audience that and and talking about that in a way that's compelling to them, it's not going to go anywhere. And when I launched, so the other side of my business, other than the research side at Audience Audit, is called Audience Access. And it's specifically designed to help small business owners figure out their best audiences on their own. I teach a process that helps them think about this in a different way. So I built a course, an online course for this, that I was really excited about. And man, it was a lot of work. Like, I put a lot into it. And I was so happy when the course was ready. I was like, woohoo! Ooh, I'm winning, and then I realized, oh crap! Nobody knows anything about this, right? And so I started like, you know, going out on social and being like, "Hey, check out my course! Hey, I have this new course, you know." And of course, like eight people, right? bought my course. Um so because because I've missed that fundamental step that we all have to do, right, which is build a community that cares about stuff you're talking about, be helpful to that community so they keep coming back to listen to you because you're valuable, because you're doing something to help them. And then showing them the various ways you have to help them out, right? I mean, whether it's reading your posts, whether it's, you know, trying, getting your ebook or buying your book in the store, taking your course, or doing coaching, whatever, like that needs to happen within a context. And that's hard.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and it's I, I talk about this a lot because I get a call from marketers all the time. You know, I, it's my favorite people to work with marketers and marketing agencies, even though I'm an agency because they come to that realization that you shouldn't be your own doctor that, you know, the, the doctor that has is treats himself as a fool for a patient. Right. <laughs> so, you yeah. Need, yeah. And Because right. you know so much about your subject that what's important to you is not what's important to the person at the end. Yeah,
1: it's a forest for the trees problem. And I think it happens with anybody who knows a lot about <laughs> something. And and that's why, you know, and, and I beat myself up for, you know, we all make mistakes, right? We all have our shortcomings. But that focus on the audience needs to be happening all the time. Not mm. just when you come up with an idea. It needs to be happening when you develop whatever tools and resources and components are going to be part of delivering that and it needs to, it needs to be f- top of mind when you were thinking about how you're going to get the word out in the world and, and what's going to matter to them and, and how they're going to respond to you saying hey I have this new thing are they going to be like oh my gosh I've been reading this person forever and they have such great ideas and I can't believe that now there's a course where I can learn how to do this myself are they going to say who the heck is this person or are they trying to sell something on my feed you know, and and those are really different. Those are really different things. So, <clears throat> I I, I, w- I never tell people it's easy, right? But it is a perspective that you can learn to just make part of your daily operations and thinking about your business. Um, and that's really what we're here to do, right? Is do great work for the people who who pay us. Yeah. Um, and so it deserves the focus, and it and it makes things better for them, which makes things better for us. So.
0: Love it. So tell yeah. me, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about when it didn't work. Tell me, uh, some. Can you have a story where it, it it just like someone did this and it transformed everything that they did? Because I could see that like instantly. I, I've seen yeah. it before.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So, um, you know, I've got I've got examples on the research side of the house and on the small business side of the house. Um, so on the research side of the house, one of my clients is Tufts University, and they wanted to develop. Um, an engaging new event for alumni. You know, because obviously alumni are really important to a school. They donate, they volunteer, they spread the word, they work with students. It's, you know, it's really important. Um, And so the agency that they were working with, you know um got with me and we and we did a study about why alumni were be, were engaged with Tufts and we found people who just absolutely love that school and wear their sweatshirts on the weekends even 40 years after they graduated and go to the football games and have a great time and we found folks who were really interested in the opportunities in the alumni network there to contribute to their own business efforts right networking stuff like that and we found folks who are really smart and and experienced in what they do and really want to contribute that expertise back to the school and help the school be successful so all these folks are engaged with the school but for really different things they're trying to get really different things out of it and they have really different interests so tufts decided based on this research to put together an alumni event specifically for that third group those folks who really know a lot and are really interested in contributing to the future of the school and they built an event specifically for those people. So all of the language about the event, all of the content of the event was specifically for people who want to give back in that way, want to contribute to tough. So for example you know, the keynote for the for the weekend. And this was a thing that people paid to attend, right, mm-hmm. for like two days or whatever. The keynote was a sneak peek into the five-year Tufts strategic plan. and then And then the attendees got an opportunity to kind of mix and mingle with the leadership of the university and talk to them about what they'd heard and what they thought and how they might be able to contribute to the things that Tufts was strategically working on over the next, you know, five years. So they put this event out there. It was a new thing. They got... They got twice as many people to attend it as they expected um, at the end of it, overwhelmingly positive feedback um, they had planned to do this once every couple of years, and the attendees asked them to do it at least once a year um, the next day the next time they did it, they had even more folks attend. They had a bunch of repeats, and they had a substantial increase in engagement from the attendees versus other alumni who had not participated in the event in in the year following so that's a great example of just like finding an audience that you know wants something from you focusing on that nurturing that um and and seeing great results as a you know as a result of that effort
0: and and so many people would be scared to ignore those other two audiences and they yeah. want to make that event about everyone. And, oh, we have to do right. this, this, this. And I've worked with higher education before. And then you get everyone's hand in the pot. And all of a sudden, you've got this big, ugly, no one cares about it mess.
1: It's hard, right? But, there, but Tufts isn't ignoring <laughs> those two other groups. They're just, they just built an event specifically, this event, specifically for one of them. And as a result, it was so much more effective. If you're one of the people in that group and you're looking at paying for two days, okay which is going to be more compelling to you an event that has some stuff you want but a bunch of stuff you really couldn't care less about or an event that clearly you you have trouble picking what to go to cuz all of it seems absolutely perfectly relevant to you yeah. which one are you going to you know wh- how <laughs> how compelling is it going to be for you to attend so that's the example on the sort of research side of the house and then you know on the small business side of the house i see people all the time who are really smart and really can do amazing work But don't have a focus of who their audience really is. And time and again, when they get that and go out and start manifesting all of their content and their website and all of that kind of stuff against that focus and have real clarity about who they want to work with and who they don't and what the work they want to do and the work that they really don't see tremendous results. I mean, I have a client now who just who just cleared. 50k in bookings for the first quarter after after having a couple of really slow quarters, not because her work has changed, but because she is now talking about it in a way and to an audience that just can't get enough of uh, of it. So I see that all the time.
0: Yeah, and it's it's so cool to see that transformation, and I, I love it. Love it when we help people and like you see that click and also So great. It's, it's great, and they're and you're. You know, you don't realize how unhappy you are trying to serve everyone until you stop trying to serve everyone.
1: Oh, yeah. It makes such a huge difference, you know, and and it's not a magic bullet, right? Just understanding your audience isn't the only thing you need to do, right? But if you don't do that, it'll torpedo everything else. And that's when, you know, I'm a small business owner. You're a small business owner, right? It's, It's a lot of work. (laughs) <laughs> and, and if you are working all the time and not seeing results or doing work that you're not really excited about with people that you're not really excited about working with or industries that you're not crazy about or whatever, like at some point you go, is this even worth it? Like, why am I working so hard to do something that really isn't making me that happy? So I think there's a huge bonus in many, many ways to finding an audience that you are really excited to help. And just making it all about them. And they see it when you do it. They're like, where have you been all my life? Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? They see it. When you when you say, I'm here for you, they notice.
0: Yes, yes. And yep. it, it not only does it transform your business, but transforms, the, like you said, the lives of that, that other person. And, yep. and it gives you that level of fulfillment. Because, uh, you know, I've seen this so often in entrepreneurs. I know a lot of entrepreneurs are really good at selling stuff. And then they get to, like you just said, to that point where like, what am I doing? I, I just made $30 million last year and I hate my life. Right.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I, you know, there's I don't care how much money you've got. Waking up every morning with that sour feeling in your stomach because you have to work, that sucks. Like, no, I don't want that for anybody. No. Um, and, I, and, and, you know, I tell I tell people all the time, like, you are sacrificing a lot to be a small business owner. You sacrifice a lot. So why are you giving away one of the fundamental things that could pay you back, which is absolute joy in your work and absolute joy with the people that you work with? Why are you so, why are you so easily surrendering that? when it's one of the few benefits of doing this, <laughs> quite honestly, yeah. right? Because it's, it's not financial stability. It's not an eight to four job. It's not a private jet for most of us, right? It's, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, so don't give up. You know, one of the things that makes makes it worthwhile, which is crafting your business so that the work you do is work you love to do with people you love and who will love you for doing it
0: that's that's what it's all about that's what it's all about and, get, mm-hmm. and you know it's funny if you flip it back to the demographics because i you know you i'm sure you get this you, you're if you're marketing long enough and you do and you become successful enough everyone brings their business ideas to you mm-hmm. and then they bring to you the, the, the almost they're like here's my idea and the way they back it up is with the demographic well there's yep three million of these businesses in the country. And if I capture 10% of this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. So it's so funny you say that. So I've judged some like startup weekend stuff or whatever. And, you know, I work with small businesses and incubators and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I see folks get up there and say, okay, there are 18 million people in this marketplace and I need 0.0043% in the first year and zero zero point four six percent in the next year and i just it just oh it just makes me cringe because because that's not what matters right what matters is do you have something that's awesome enough to get enough customers to sustain you yeah and and you know what for a lot of us that might be 10 That might be 10 customers a year, or it might be 10 customers a month, right? But it's probably not 18.6 million. You know, it's just silly. And and I think it's that kind of thinking that, first of all, really thwarts people from putting together a business plan when they start their business. Because, you know, you Google business plan outline, and it's like 56 nightmare pages. They just don't do it. They give up, right? It's like, ugh. And then they look at, okay, define your audience and they're like, okay, do I have to pull census data? Like how do I, you know, and who am I competing with? And and they're looking at it from the wrong end of things, right? Because the reality is most businesses aren't going to compete on an international stage with the biggest organizations out there. They're going to compete in their local community or in their particular niche with a particular thing. So I just tell people instead of worrying about what percentage you're getting of the 18 billion whatever worry about how many you need to pull this off and how you're going to get those people engaged with you and and buying so that you can make it you yeah. know and grow be and 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 you know support your family and do all those things.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it comes to a perfect point too. And I think people are scared to do this. But I always, when someone comes to me and I want to grow their business, I'm like, Well, would a hundred new clients change your business? Or like, I don't know what I'd want to do. I'm like, Well, why don't you just go f- find that list of a hundred people, make that list, and say right. these are the hundred people I want to work with, and then spend all your time trying to get in front of them. Right, right, yeah,
1: and and, you know, it makes a difference from a competitive standpoint because if you're really thinking about your competitive space as everybody who serves a demographic, you've got a big, big problem, I mean, you know, it becomes overwhelming and that's where people don't know what to say about the competition because they don't know who they're up against, like everybody, what do you say against everybody, Uh, what I tell people to do is to think about what problem are they solving with their business um, you know what is what is the issue that is really um, a pain point for the people that they want to help, but then that second and really important follow up question is why haven 't they solved it already okay so if you 're a marketing consultant, you want to help people grow their businesses, right, and do a better Mm -hmm. job with their marketing or whatever. But the question of why haven't they solved it already, there's lots of other marketing consultants out there. There's agencies, there's books, there's online courses, there's freelancers, you name it, right? What is it about these folks you want to help that they haven't been able to find that you can provide? So maybe that's your particular experience, right? Maybe it's your particular approach. Maybe it's your pricing structure. Maybe it's that you are in their city and you have an incubator. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, right? Why don't think about what the problem is that you're solving, but then think about why haven't the people you want to help found a solution already? Because there's probably other solutions out there, but why hasn't that been good enough for them? Is it, do they not know about it? Is it too expensive? Is it off-putting? Because it seems pushy and, you know, salesy and doesn't feel comfortable on them? Is it not applicable for their particular niche? You know, whatever, right? That's an important question to ask. And I think in that question is the definition of who you are really up against. And sometimes it's not a who. Sometimes it's a book in the airport bookstore. Sometimes it's sitting on your butt and not doing anything because you're overwhelmed and you don't know where to look for help. Right. Or you're afraid that you can't do it or whatever. So that's an important question to ask in defining for each of us who, we, who we're talking to, but also who we're positioning ourselves against and what we need to be saying.
0: That I was going to ask you, you know, like the key technique and I think those two questions are huge ones and I haven't heard them pu- put that way before and I've heard a lot of marketing obviously uh, marketing techniques but I think that's a great way to look at your value proposition right look at the story of what's different about you because we you know we, so often I hear people their value proposition and it's you know for a long time I was in legal marketing and people were like well I answer my phones I'm like yes most people answer their phones and you know <laughs> right, it, right. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah a, and,
1: and- and it's so important. We, it's so common and it's so easy for us to be excited about what we do. And mm-hmm. so a lot of us talk about what we do and how we think we're different than anybody else. Things could look really differently if you put yourself in the shoes of prospective buyers, right? Because they may not see or care about what you think is different about yourself. How can you talk about how you're better for them? And so many of the websites out there say, hey, this is what we've got, and this is all the stuff we do, and this is how we price it, and this is our shipping policy, and blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. How many of the websites that you go to say, hey, are you struggling with this? Because if you are, I totally get you, and I know what you're up against, and I know what you've tried, and I'm here to help you. Um, So if you see yourself in this, like, you know, check out more. It's like having a store, right, and standing at the door and going, I'm sure there's stuff in there that I do that you might like. Go look, right? <laughs> as, as opposed to saying, "Hey, you know what? I totally get the problem you're struggling with. Let me go show you exactly what I have for that." And that's over in this section. And everything you would need will be right will be right here. And I'm here to answer any questions you have. I love like, that it's radically different approach. So, generally speaking, me and everybody included, right? We need to stop thinking exclusively about us and what we want to sell and what we think differentiates us from the guy down the street doing the same work who drives us crazy because he gets, you know, a podcast interview every week, right? Um, and start thinking about the people we're trying to help and who who do they, who are they looking to for help and why are they still struggling and how can we be of assistance in that, in a, in a truly genuine, helpful way?
0: So... Uh- that, I mean, that's just so in line. I think that's where marketing has to go. Right.
1: Yep. yep.
0: Um, and, and the people, it's not gonna be a choice in a few, few more years because there's just way too many choices out there that you have to provide value and it has to be value first. Mm-hmm. But you know, coming back to, Our original conversation, I think once people come to that realization, now it's how do I decide who I'm gonna talk to first? And Mm -hmm. you know, obviously your services do that, but what's the first step you feel for a business? Like either especially there's a lot of people that go, I don't like working with these people I'm working with right now. I want to change my business. What's what do you feel is the first step in figuring out that audience?
1: It's funny that you asked that. So I told you, I have a course called Find Your Audience Access, right? All about like figuring this out for your business. And one of the things that kind of throws people is the first section in that course is figuring out what you want and what you don't. You know, yes, it's a course about the audience. But the first step is really being real with yourself about What's important to you? What kind of a business do you want to build based on kind of how, what you want your daily experience to be? What kind of people do you want to work with or organizations do you want to work with? And which don't you? Because I guarantee if you don't pay attention to that, you're going to wake up in three years and go, God, I hate my business. Maybe I should go get a job. <laughs> um, you know, and again, it goes back to that same thing, like build the business you want. And I don't mean in some sort of magical bean kind of way, right? Like you can all of a sudden like imagine this perfect business and a year later you're living on a beach and working a four-hour work week, right? That's not what I'm talking about. But at the beginning, understanding what's important to you and what you really want to be doing is a huge part of figuring out what your best audience is. Again, it's matchmaking. It doesn't work. If only one party is happy. It only works if both are happy. That's you and your customers. Have to both be happy to make this sustainable, right? So don't skip that part. And and when I talk about what you want and what you don't, I'm literally talking about like I don't want to I don't ever want to wear pantyhose or walk into a cube farm again. I don't ever want to do that so so if that's the case for example if that was you and you're like I don't ever want to do this then you need to structure your business to avoid those kinds of clients who are going to demand that of you right don't do that because otherwise you find yourself working with those people and you're just as unhappy five years from now as you are now like you have to put a pin in the sand and go look I'm heading this direction, and it may take me a little while to get there, but this is what I'm trying to build. And I guarantee if you don't do that, you will never get there. You will never get there. You have to look at what you really want and go for it. And, and it can take some time, but you can strategically structure your business to do the work you want with people who love you that you enjoy working with. You can do it, but it's got to be intentional. All- so that's the first step. That's the first step in my course is let's figure out what you really want. And now let's talk about (laughs) where the best audiences are to help you accomplish that and and who are going to just be super jazzed to find you and work with you or buy from you.
0: Awesome. And if someone wants to get a hold of that course, how do they do it?
1: They go to Audience Access A X I S. Dot com And there's an ebook on there and there's a course and there's coaching and all sorts of stuff specifically designed for small business owners to, to figure that stuff out. And then if you're a little bit bigger and you want to get some statistical insight into the audiences for your organization, both current and prospective, then you go to audienceaudit.com, A-U-D-I-T. And that's the research side of the business. And you can always reach me at Susan Beyer, on Twitter or Susan at audienceaudit or Susan at And I'm always happy to talk with people about this question because it just absolutely, it's my favorite thing to do is work with organizations to find that perfect fit. I just love it and makes me happy to be able to do it every day.
0: Well, I mean, it's as important as your marriage. Right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> And you probably spend more time working in your business than you spend working on your marriage, quite honestly. So oh. let's make sure it's good. <laughs>
0: ten, ten times as much. Well, yeah. it, it, here's a, a, a big valid point that's going across a lot of CEO and entrepreneur groups that I'm in is when you're not at your business, you're still not present with your wife or spouse because you're thinking about that relationship you have with that person. So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and that's, that's an entrepreneur thing, right? We're all like obsessed about the stuff that we're doing. I would much rather have you be thinking about your business all the time because you're so excited about the prospects that you're working with, the customers you're working with, and the ideas you have to help them, than be thinking about your business constantly because you hate it. You can't believe you're working with this terrible client. You're miserable and you wish you could figure out a way to fix it. Like, you know, if you're going to be obsessed, be obsessed in a good way with excitement about what you're doing.
0: I love it. I love it,
1: <laughs> Susan.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show and everyone. Audienceaccess.com, Audienceaudit.com. I mean, Susan's an incredible resource, and I like I kid. I heard her on Jason Swank's show. I'm like, she needs to be on the show because every all of you, everyone listening to this, needs <laughs> to do this.
1: Oh, thank you, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> you. <it's>, I mean, <laughs> We all do, right? I do every day. It's uh, And that's, you know, it's, part of, it's an ongoing process. People think that figuring out your audience is a thing you do once, and then you can check off that box. <laughs> it isn't. It's a process that happens continuously in your business. And you just need to get used to thinking this way all the time. It will make you a better business person, and it will make you a better contributor to the communities that you're trying to serve.
0: It'll make you the best marketer out there. That's right. Yep.
1: That's right. Because
0: we know yep, who, exactly. who you're talking to and you know what story they need. You're going to win every time.
1: Yeah, you're a storyteller. You know the power of that. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really important. And it makes everything so much easier for us when you know what to do. It's not confusing anymore. It's not scary anymore. And you don't sit there looking at, at your blank screen trying to figure out what your next blog post could be about because you're, you're bursting with ideas because you know exactly who you're talking to and what they need.
0: I'm, I'm typing that down because that's a good quote. How to be bursting with ideas for your blog post.
1: Bursting with ideas. That's what happens when I work with people, I coach with people. All of a sudden, they go from not knowing what to write about or not what knowing what their video content should be about to just absolutely gushing with ideas about what they could write about or talk about because now they know who they're talking to, right? And what that person is struggling with and how they can help. It it provides tremendous clarity, which, you know, we could all use a little more clarity, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, to to that (laughs) note, one of my favorite quotes, uh, I was actually... At a workshop with Seth Godin and, you know, someone's like, well, what, do you ever get writer's block? He's like, no, do you ever get talker's block? I, mean, I, like, <laughs> it,
1: it, it, I love that.
0: I mean, cause if you're, if you, if there's a person in front of you and you know, you can help them, you can talk all day.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've been talking here for, you know, an hour about this. And, you know, I I don't know you as well uh, as I do some other people. But my guess is you and I could probably talk about this for another three hours without (laughs) taking a potty break, right? Because this is what we love to do. This is and that's, you know, he's exactly right. If you're if you're in a position where you really love what you're doing and the people you're trying to help, um, the ideas to help them and to talk to them just are never ending.
0: Yes. Yes. Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm sure people are going to check you out. And, My pleasure. Uh, thank
1: you so much for having me. What an awesome conversation. I yeah, love it, man. Thank good, you. good work. Thank wow. you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thank you all for taking Susan and I on your journey and listening to The Garlic Marketing Show. This has been Iron Garlic. That's it for The Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Iron Garlic on
1: Facebook.